This is Other Voices. We're listening to varied views from local people who might otherwise not be heard. I'm Melissa Hale Spencer, editor of the Altamont Enterprise, which focuses on Albany County, New York. You can reach me at mhs at altamontenterprise.com. I'm talking to Tara McCormick-Hostash of Rensselaerville. She says she fell in love at age 14. This was a love that started young and became an all-encompassing passion destined to last a lifetime. I fell in love with storytelling within Conkling Hall, she says. So when I went to the big city to live all the dreams, it was great. But I just wanted to tell a story in intimate space. She founded Arville Stage Creations and is currently directing The Underpants, Steve Martin's take on a 1910 German farce that plays Father's Day weekend at, where else, Conkling Hall. So just let's start at the beginning of Arville. Why did you choose Arville instead of Rensselaerville? That's an awesome question to start with. Um, so Rensselaerville, I grew up in Rensselaerville. And as a four-year-old trying to spell it and pronounce it, um, it's a little bit tough. So uh, I think it was kind of just to to establish where we were as Arville, Rensselaerville, but not having to confuse people with such a long word. So yeah, we're just Arville Stage Creations. And we went with Stage Creations because we wanted to be... We, we, we wanted we wanted to open ourselves up. We wanted to be stage creations. We didn't want to be uh, players or theater or anything like that. We wanted to. So people know you're on the play. stage, but they also know you do a wide variety of creative things. Exactly. So tell us who you are. I don't mean you singular. I mean you plural. Who who makes up this group? And how sure. did you so how did the, you come together to found it in 2011? Is that right? It was 2011, yeah. And um, I um, so I got my education at AMDA, um, which is the American Musical and Dramatic Academy in New York City. And when I came home, I wanted to still act and uh, perform. I I, I can't not. <laughs> um, so when I got home, I, I had had my children. And they were they were babies. And I was like, I wanted I want to I want to create something here. So I asked my aunt and a few members of the community and my parents if they would get together with me one day and talk about doing a play. So um, we got together in my aunt's dining room and we talked about doing a play and we decided to do Arsenic and Old Lace um, that year. Yes, that's why we went with it. So um yeah, we decided to do arsenic, and we were like, "Let we want to do a play." It wasn't so much, uh, you know, what's our our twelve year plan? Where do we want to be in twelve years? But it was like, let's do a play now. Like we want to start something. So we started really, really gently with a few productions, and we have just grown and grown, and over the past three years, exploded. It's been amazing. Isn't that, especially during COVID the last three years, how do you explain an explosion in the midst of everyone being hunkered down in isolation? Yeah, that's, uh, we were all just ready to break free. Um, all the artists, I, uh, myself included, I, um, COVID left me at home 
Um, and as an, as a singer, I, uh, I had no one to sing with, no one to play the piano for me, you know, like not, and I, I'm a very social person. So I, I needed somebody to play with, you know, so I, I actually picked up the guitar to play with myself. Um, and I think a lot of other artists did something similar. We, we couldn't find, we did, we weren't sure where our outlet was at the moment. So we just grabbed onto some other things and, and I learned so many new things that then blossomed um, at the right moment when everyone was like, I need to do, I need to perform, I need to be out there again. And I hit it just at the right moment with a few performers and we did the Rocky Horror Show and, uh, and the audiences are just begging. They're begging for good storytelling because they, they, we love it. As humans, we love the experience of listening to a story. So everything just lined up right after COVID to just be an explosion. I call it the Coronaissance. <laughs> I love that. The Coronaissance. And I also know, uh, I just wrote this week about our um, Surgeon General putting out this uh, first time ever advisory. It's usually on things like opioid addiction or cigarette smoking, and it was on loneliness. It was on the oh. idea that it's a public health crisis, loneliness. And I do think there's something, and you can tell us about it, what is it about theater that really, it's different than watching a movie or um, just tell us what it is <laughs> that live yeah. theater does for people. Why, why are you passionate about that? It's the exchange of energy that happens um, in the air between the audience and the performers in that moment. So we rehearse for, for weeks and months sometimes. Um, and there's magic happening there during rehearsals. But when the audience is there and when the actors are prepared and they offer what they have to offer and the audience is ready, that's that's the draw in that moment to to to, to have the shared experience um when you go to a movie you have a shared experience with the with the audience there but you're not having a shared experience with the people on the screen um and in live theater that's what happens when the audience laughs phew, that energy bounces to us um so that's the difference it's it's tactile art it's right there um it's not just visual. It's so many more things. It's really like, yeah, the audience wants to be there. They want to exchange the energy with the performers. That's that's the difference. And so is each performance different because of who is in the audience? Totally, totally, totally. Um, I also direct um, the high school musical for my alma mater at Greenville High School. Um, and I always have to explain that to the students, like this audience tonight is going to be different than last night. So, you know, it's, it's part of how we, how we storytell. And I try to prepare them for all sorts of different curveballs. you know, jokes that will land jokes that won't land moments that will. Um, yeah. Yeah. So you've mentioned several times, like your own personal journey, but maybe we should just formally walk through it because before we get into more about the actual performance that's coming up, 
you mentioned when you were four, you were in Rensselaerville, and it was a hard word to say and spell. So tell us about growing yeah. up in Rensselaerville. I mean, it just seems like, yeah. how did somebody that grew up in this very quaint rural town end up at the American Musical and Dramatic Academy in New York City? Just kind of walk us through your life. What was your family like growing up? So um, I grew up in uh, a little house on a hill and we always had horses and I thought that was normal. I thought that was, I thought everyone grew up riding horses. Um, we only had three TV channels. So, you know, that was, that was my life. I have um, a brother and a sister and they are wonderful enough to let me play and to join along with me sometimes. So um, when I was very young, I started producing plays in my, in my living room, in my dining room, with my siblings being the actors. Um, so I actually started telling story in that, in on the hillside there. Um, and then there's uh, there was a wonderful community theater here run by Richard Creamer in the 1990s. And it was called the Impulse Theater and Dance Company. And they had, um, they had a community theater, which is what we kind of are modeled after them um, here in town. And when I was 14, I did my first community production, my first community theater play right here at Conkling Hall. Um, it was called Charlie's Aunt, and it was directed by Richard Creamer. And I, I fell in love with Conkling Hall. I fell in love with storytelling within Conkling Hall. I fell in love with storytelling to my neighbors, uh, to my family. So when I went to the big city to live all the dreams, it was great, but I, I don't, I wanted, I want to tell a story in, in an intimate space. Um, so this works really well for me to come back and, and I had already seen it done with ITAD. So I thought maybe we could have a successful community theater once again here. I wanted to bring it back. I wanted to bring it to Conkling Hall. Conkling deserves it. It's such a wonderful space. Yeah, well, tell us a little about that. I know we've written about some of the restoration work there, but it was founded as a church, right? It was, it was. built as a church. Um, it, was the, it was the old Methodist church, um, and it, it became a community space. I oof, I don't know my exact dates. I want to say in the 18-somethings. Um, and it's been a community space ever since it was made that. Um, it's been run by groups and community members right now it's run by a group called the friends of Cockling hall and they they deeply care about the community the building the fellowship um yeah it's a really great space and and they're constantly you know they're trying to to keep up with things and evolve just like the rest of us and it's wonderful to to walk alongside them it's just physically beautiful in there too. I mean, oh it's... God, yes. <laughs> oh yes, it's so beautiful. And what what is it like to play on that stage? I mean, I'm trying to think. You have to bring in chairs, right? Because it's an empty hall with a stage. Is that right? You, so you like that's right. Set up so we have to we can, which is great because then we can actually make our audience however we want, which we've done for a few shows. We can. You know, we can we've actually built the stage out into the space and then place the chairs around so we get more. Um, I like to bring the actors down and out 
sometimes. Oh, sort of like the Shakespearean. So, I've seen Shakespearean productions like that where they go into the yeah. audience and... Yeah, Rocky Horror, I did that a lot with. Um, with this show, The Underpants, coming up, it won't be an out in the audience because it, it's a it's a comedy that takes place and there's no breaking of the fourth wall. But um, So yeah, we can move the chairs however we want and set them up, which is great. Uh, the, the space within Conkling Hall is incredibly challenging. <laughs> I, um, the, the, the playing space on the stage is only 17 feet by 17 feet. Mm -hmm. So, uh, <laughs> that's like what I'm used to staging everything I feel like now. Um, it's very small and it has a small amount of backstage space. Um, so it's, it's really challenging, um, depending on the cast, the set, things like that. There's also no access um, to backstage except through the, the house. Oh, so <laughs> it's a serious challenge with blocking. I have to yeah. um, like, I have to have actors come from the house or from the side doors or things like that. But good news. I've heard a rumor that they're actually putting a spiral staircase in so that we can get backstage from downstairs. Oh, so that'd be exciting. <laughs> yeah. Well, you've mentioned several times Rocky Horror Picture Show, and I always think of that as the classic movie. I didn't know it could be a stage production. Tell us about that. It was originally a stage production, believe oh, it or not. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and it wasn't, it didn't do well. <laughs> <laughs> um, it didn't do well, but then the movie came out, and that didn't do well. Um, but it but got people, this cult following over the years. That's exactly yeah. what happened. They started playing it at midnight and it got this cult following and then it became its own organism. Um, so we, we, we were lucky enough to um, be able to do it. It's actually a full, fully staged musical. Most people do it as a shadow cast where um, they play the movie in the background and then the actors stand on the stage in front and um, lip, lip sync basically and act out in front of the movie. Um, but what we did is we we reimagined it. We didn't do that. We had it was live musical theater. Um, we performed in the space, and I actually, instead of putting them in an old haunted mansion, I put them in an old creepy circus, uh, and uh, we had a lot of fun with that. We had such fun that we did it two years in a row because the demand was so high. And then everyone this year is asking, "Are you going to do Rocky again? Are you going to do Rocky again?" And I'm like. Think we'll take a year off <laughs> <laughs> well i saw on your website you do a whole variety of things tell us a little about the kids camp you mentioned you had babies at the time you founded the yeah. troop is are they part are they old enough now that they're in the camp or how how does that work my daughter is she's 12 she enjoys um she enjoys performing too she's very musical and she loves to sing um, and perform in all aspects. My son, not so much. He might help painting the sets, um, but he's not much of a performer. Um, so our camps have been really, really fun for me. It's 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 a way that I get to um, share what I have gained uh, just through my experience and through my education. And hopefully I'm planting seeds along the way um, and that these kids will grow up being storytellers and want to continue some sort of art form. Um, and that hope, I, I know that, I know that they're learning. I know they're learning. I've actually had 
I've had a few that have come through my camp and that are now in my in my in the underpants. I've had one student who's come through the camp and now she's playing the lead in in the play. And it's it's wonderful to have some full circle moments. Yeah. Well, yeah. I wanted to save the play for last, but I just can't hold off any longer. <laughs> Tell us about the underpants. Oh my gosh, it <laughs> is brilliant. Um, Steve Martin, his comedy just aligns with my heart, I think. <laughs> you know, there's a little slapstick. There's some, there's always physical comedy. Um, there's a lot of innuendo in this show. It is just body rolling on the floor laughing. Um, but it also really makes us, hopefully, um, it should make some people stop and uh, take, assess, you know, in themselves. How do they, how do they mirror with these characters? And can they, what do they see within them? Can they be a better person do they see the archetypes in the play and can they learn the lessons you know that's what storytelling is each each one of those characters is within us so when we when we're mirrored we can hopefully take a lesson away from it and be better isn't that wonderful to have a play that is body entertainment and at the same time teaching us life lessons i looked up and saw mm -hmm. it was based on a german play from 1911 is that right yeah so carl sternheim wrote a play called die hose which means the hose <laughs> the underpants basically um and uh, it was set in 1910. It played in 1910 in, in Germany, in Dusseldorf. And um, Steve Martin found it in 1984. Well, I don't know when he found it, but in 1984 is when he released his adaptation of it. And between his humor and Sternheim's writing and just nailing these archetypal characters... I I think some people will will really see um, today's society reflected within 1910 German society. Oh, that's kind of scary, isn't it? Think about Germany in 1910 and what that led up to. It is a little bit, and there are some serious moments like that in in the play where if if we're looking hard enough, that truth is there, and it's about to happen, and we have to take that in consideration while we're telling the story too, understanding that. The world wars are about to happen and what's happening in germany at this time yeah um and to see it then mirrored again this mirroring it's always everything i i don't know i just see the reflection of everything um in what's happening now it's uh art is life right right <laughs> well tell us about your cast you mentioned um is it is she the lead who came through your summer camp program is that she is, yes. she is. There's um it's it's a pretty much an ensemble cast mm -hmm. um with two main characters, um a, a husband and wife. And um yes, uh Lily Lamory came up through my my summer camp program and she's actually one of the high schoolers that I direct at the high school musical every year. Um so she's been in that program too. She is now playing, yes, um Louise Mask, who who loses her underpants in a public <laughs> in a public park one day, and scandal erupts. It's a well, does scandal really erupt? 
Well, it's a pivotal role, right? She's a, a newlywed young bride, and she yes. has to kind of feel her and this way. Is, this is, um, Lily's doing amazing. She's a very thoughtful actor. And um, having, having, being able to, being able to literally see the base that I've been able to build, not only in her, but a few of the other actors. Um, another one that's come through my program, the camps and my high school program is Hudson Turan. He also played Brad in our renditions of Rocky Horror recently. Um, he is amazing. And he has also come through my program. So between the two of them, they can actually almost show the other actors who are brand new um, what's expected in a way. Uh, that, you know, I, I've seen that I've done the base work someplace else, and now it's actually manifesting already. And we have another um, another person who's been with us, uh, never went through my camps or anything, but he's been on the board, and he's been such an amazing supporter. His name is Christopher Thorne, and he's been with us from the beginning, um, always been on the board. He played uh, Dr. Scott last year <laughs> in Rocky Horror, um, and he's playing uh, Benjamin Cohen a very very fun role this year so he also it's it's wonderful i don't have to do the basics for for some of these actors they've already come through and i i it it makes it easier for me it makes my job easier because <laughs> i've already done the work yeah and it probably makes the show richer too because exactly i've already been able to give them the ideas and the flow and and they just they go with it and i'm so proud so proud. So if someone's listening and wants to see this show, when is it? We know where it is. <laughs> Conkling yeah. Hall. And how do they get tickets? So to get tickets, you can go to our website. It's arville-stage-creations.square.site, which is awfully long. Um, but <laughs> but I just That's typed in Arville right Creations and it still comes up so people can get oh, to it wonderful, easily. wonderful. Yeah. We've been hoping that we'd hit the Google sweet spot and that yeah. someone might be able to find us if they Google us. We also have a Facebook page. Um, so if you're on Facebook, you can find us there. We also have an Instagram page. Um, so you can follow us there and uh, you can always get, you can click any of the links to go to our website. And right through the website is where you can get tickets. It will be Father's Day weekend. So if you need ideas for dad, I have got you covered. <laughs> Check that off your list. Um, yeah, a great Father's Day gift. It's it's a hilarious play. It's on Father's Day. Dad will love it. Um, but we're opening on Thursday night this year. We're going to open on a Thursday. We're going to do four shows. Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, all at 7.30 p.m. And then our uh, Sunday matinee is at 3 on that Father's Day. So you can grab some lunch with dad and then the show. <laughs> Sounds great. So we have such a little bit of time left and there was so much more I wanted to find out about. What do you see on the horizon for Arville? What do you oh, see we, happening? We've, um, we've been working towards becoming um, a 501c3. And that is at the very tail end of that paperwork. So we'll officially become a non-profit organization um, so we can start to grow by writing some grants. And I think, I don't know what the big picture is, but we're hoping to continue to grow. And and not at a fast pace. <laughs> nice and easy. I, I like this. 
I, I, I just want to fill the seats. That's it. Like we don't need people pounding down the door. We just want to, we just, we just need asses and seats. <laughs> do you have a sense after like the Rocky Horror Picture Show that was so popular because mm. the community's small that it actually plays out after the show. I mean, it's not like when you go to Broadway, you're sitting with a bunch of strangers, you go home and you might talk about it at your own dinner table, but you're never going to oh. see the other audience members again. I mean, do you have a yeah. sense of shaping things right in Rensselaerville because of it? Tell us about that. Absolutely. It is. And again, this, this is why it tells me that I made the right choice to come home and tell stories here because I, I can see, I can see the effect that, that my stories can have. Um, I can see people coming up to me months, sometimes a year later. I saw that show and I'm like, which one? Cause I, I, I have five, I have five shows this year. Um, so <laughs> yeah. Wow. So I'm like, which, which show? And, and I can see, I, I can see it. I can see it reflected in people's eyes. I can see it reflected in their behavior around regarding the, our, our organization. They respect us. They trust us um, to put out good work. Yeah. And do you draw your, you've mentioned some of these actors who are very local coming up mm -hmm. through your programs or on your board. Do you also audition more widely than that? Do you bring in people from outside? How does that work? Yeah, we um, right now, because we're we're still so small and we haven't been able to pay any professional actors, all of our actors are volunteers um, and they come from all over. For Rocky Horror, we had people from Boston Spa, um, from Kingston, from Hudson, um, really all over the place. Um, our music director the year before uh, lived in Pittsfield, Massachusetts. Um, so we we really try to pull uh, as much local talent as we can, but we cast a wide net because not everybody wants to perform. <laughs> so um, finding the right actors is essential to telling the story. So we cast a wide net uh, for auditions and 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 we have a, barely enough people to cast every time. <laughs> Well, you just need enough. So tell exactly. us about how the casts come together. I mean, it mm -hmm. looked like on your website, they were having a lot of fun, you know, posing for their pictures and things like that. Just yeah. what, what's that like? Um, I, I have learned in my experience, especially with um, the high school students, that if, if the group doesn't work as an ensemble, it'll fail. So in order to create the ensemble, uh, we play, I play a lot of games. We play a lot of theater games. Um, we do a lot of work, <laughs> but we play a lot of theater games, which, which is a lot of improv. It's a lot of just getting comfortable in the space with the people that you're around. And when that happens, um, when, when there's absolute trust between the cast members, when they feel free to make choices that might be silly, that could be comical. So the it's it's so important to create the ensemble by playing games and making sure that they're comfortable with each other and like really give just us, sometimes give us an example of a game what would be one thing you would do 
Sure. Oh, my favorite one. I call it improv yoga. Um, I learned this. Oh my God. I don't even know where I learned it. I shouldn't have said that. Um, so my favorite is improv yoga. And uh, what it is, is we go around a circle. I, I give them no instruction. I just start talking and I say, Hey, remember, uh, Remember the other day we were doing that yoga pose? You know it. You know that yoga pose. Remind me what it was so that I can show everyone and we can all do it together. So whoever is next to me that I ask will throw out a random thing. Um, the, the, the leaping zebra. So, so then I would say, oh, yes, I love the leaping zebra. And then I would perform some ridiculous physical thing and the rest everyone would follow and we would all stay in character and say oh wonderful wonderful <laughs> so then we each take a turn and we go around so it physically warms us up um without being very structural like we have to stretch um it warms us up physically because we're doing things physically but it gets us comfortable just throwing out words that might not make sense and that's okay because it's in rehearsal we just it's like a bubbling cauldron. We just, we pour everything in the cauldron. You know, we're always going to try new stuff. So the ensemble just keeps tr trying. And once, once the trust is there, they, they're free. They're free to express themselves. And it's hilarious. <laughs> because when you can laugh genuinely, that's, that's it, right? Yeah, well, that sounds like just a good lesson for life. You know, this idea mm. of having trust with the people you're with and able to share what you've got inside because so often we're kind of, I don't know, tight and yeah. not and, able and to And you have to have those safe spaces where you say, this is a safe space for these people. Like everything can't be, just be a safe space. You have to create that space. You know, that's why rehearsals are closed. Um, no one can just walk in and like watch us, you know, um, because it's it's personal and everything that we do in rehearsals um, won't won't show up on the stage. Um, it's trying. We're, we're trying. Like I said, that cauldron, we're bubbling, we're brewing the tea. Um, but who knows what's actually going to come out? <laughs> oh, I love it. Wow. Our time has just flown. Do you have any closing mm. thoughts that you'd like to leave our listeners with? Oh my gosh, that's a tough question. <laughs> so many. Um, I our motto, uh, and we took this from from um, Rocky Horror, and it's on my shirt right now. I'm wearing it, um, and it's it's an it's an action motto. It's dream it, be it. So and you for can, people that cannot see her shirt, it's a black T-shirt. Dream it and be it earn white letters dripping blood. And in the middle yeah. is a huge pair of lips. <laughs> I love it. Oh, that's so great. It was, these were custom T-shirts that we had made for our first production of Rocky. And it's, you know, you can dream a lot of things. But if you don't do it, if you don't be it, it, it's for naught, right? So you have to dream it, but you have to be it. You can't just dream and you can't just be. You have to You have to do both. Wow. So dream it and be it. Another and great life it. lesson. <laughs> I try. I'm trying to learn in my life. Well, thank you, Tara. This has been just wonderful. This has been wonderful, Melissa. Thank you so much. I appreciate this. 